This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. And now, The Art Collective with Stephen Christian. I'm fascinated by the supernatural. I think I can remember early on in life where I was at uh, Denison Middle School in Winter Haven, Florida, and uh, I had found Bram Stoker's Dracula. I was never allowed to watch the movies, but for me, it just always seemed so, I don't know, mysterious. I I, I enjoyed kind of the, the shadow aspect of it. And since reading that book in middle school, I've definitely had a fascination. Maybe all kids do. Maybe all kids kind of go through that. Uh, that phase where they're just kind of bewildered by you know what could be. I don't think we lose that sense of wonder as adults. I think it just changes. You know, now we have kind of bigger aspects of things to ponder, like why are we here? Um, what you know? Why does evil exist? Why does you know, you know? It just it amalgamates into a not amalgamates so much as it kind of you know moves into different questions, but still that same sense of wonder. Um, you know, I think we're all still infatuated with kind of mis- mysteries or, you know, the mysterious. Um, I remember reading comic books. I mean, about 12 to 14 years old is kind of the heyday for me. And right now in my closet, I have two massive, you know, uh, cases of, of comic books. Some of my pride and joy is Wolverine number one. And, uh, you know, he was my favorite character. But I think a lot of imagination can be spawned from these type of like, not only comic books, you know, and not graphic novels, but these kind of like thoughts. And, you know, I, th- I, don't, I, don't, I think imagination and creativity is, is not, not so much creativity, but imagination is, is so underrated. I wish we, would, we never lost that. I think some of the most creative people are those that never let go of their imagination, who kind of instead of turning their back on it and calling it childish, simply just you know, reformulated it into, into a process, into something that they could use as adults. You know, even just yesterday, I, I was at a meeting, you know, and it's, it's, it's one of those creative meetings. And, and I thought to myself, how crazy is that the processes that I formulated as a young child, I'm using now. And I wished, you know, I wished even more so that I had, I could have gone back in time and told myself, hey, Keep dreaming, keep imagining, never let that go because no matter if it's music or art, your imagination is going to be a pioneer to whatever you do in life. Well, this is the Art Collective and that's what we do here. We focus on the imagination, on creativity, and no matter what the medium. And this week's medium goes right along with what we were talking about earlier with the supernatural. My guest is Aaron Mankey from the podcast Lore. And it's not just like a simple podcast that somebody threw up one day online to see what would happen. This is an amazingly successful podcast. Amazingly is not a word, by the way. Yeah, intriguing podcast that you know he, he put up. And, and because of his storytelling, because of the craft, because of his art, because of the medium, it exploded. So if you haven't listened to Lore, I think after this interview with, with Aaron, you will. It's absolutely fascinating. But... Let me go back. Why, why do you think we do let it go? Why do you think that we let creativity go? What's the point? 
It's, it's, it's such an asset in any facet of life. I don't care if, you know, you, you, you do audits. There's always a way to work smarter and not harder. Creativity is a, is a, is a core to, to what, we, what we can achieve. Steve Jobs once said, creativity is just connecting things. When you ask creative people how they did something, they feel a little guilty because they didn't really do it. They just saw something. It seemed obvious to them after a while. That's because they were able to connect experiences they had and synthesize new things. And I think that's the quintessential quote for even songwriting. Obviously, I'm sure he's talking about technology, but for songwriting for me, you know, people would ask me kind of looking for a formula, but there's no formula for the imagination. It's much... It's, it's much like he's saying. Um, I would tell people that the song actually spoke to me before I even put my pen to the paper because I, I, I already had imagined. You know, obviously, if the song is driving and hard and loud, it it's, it's already tells you almost the storyline, the plot line, based on simply the melody of the, of, the, of the music. So in the same way, you know, I just challenge you out there to whatever your imagination is, whatever you think the level of your imagination is, I just, I say, don't let it go. Find different and unique ways that you can explore this world of imagination. I think it's incredibly useful no matter what profession you go into. And if you find a way, and you know, I'd love to hear from you guys. So if you find a way that, you know, you think that is is worthwhile to, to help facilitate the growth of your imagination, then you need to give me a call. Call me at 615-669-9414. And when you do that, like, leave me a message. Ask me any questions you guys might want to, uh, or you know, is there anybody that you want to interview, that you want me to interview? I'd love to hear from you. So this week's topic is about you know, the darker side of life, the imagination, and kind of wrapping it and piecing it all together um, to, to formulate something that you're passionate about. And just like Paulo Coelho said in The Alchemist, you know, the, the, I'm paraphrasing here, but the entire world conspires uh, when 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 you do something that you're that you long for. When you when it's finally the meeting of of heart, soul, creativity, ingenuity, and passion, and when they all collide together, it feels like the world is conspiring. And just listen to these words, you know, just listen to this interview by Aaron Mankey. It's incredible. What a story. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. And like Henry Matisse said, creativity takes courage. So go at it. Whatever it is you want to do in this life, go at it. Hey guys, this is Stephen Christian from the Art Collective here with Aaron Makey. This is a this is an episode that I have been looking forward to ever since I was even like I you know I I started to pursue other podcasters and authors and and writers and artists uh, and and when I finally got this podcast, uh, you know, and, and Aaron Makey decided and said yes to doing this. I I I was look, I've been looking forward to it ever since. So thank you so much, Aaron, for being here on the Art Collective. Oh man, thank you so much. It's very kind of you to say. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I well, man, I'm just so humbled. This is great because <laughs> I I love, you know, I, beyond beyond your podcast, I love the concept. I mean, you know, the the way that you explore the you know the darker side from everything from like, you know, the latest episode being on like you know vampires to you know and then you know exploring creatures and people and the, just the darker side of humanity in general, and even spirituality at points. It's just exciting. So, um, but you know, where did you? 
did you have like as a child did you have an experience that that's what kind of set you off or did you watch bram stoker's dracula or like what was the <laughs> what was the inception what was the first moment when you're like i'm fascinated i'm captivated well you know it's kind of hard to to nail it down i mean so it so I have this story in the back of my mind or this memory. I remember being in fifth grade. Um, it was some sort of a, you know, like get, get good at your handwriting assignment that my uh, my reading teacher assigned to us. But it was to go write a short story and it happened to be in October. So, you know, you're a kid. It's October. There's decorations up in the school. I naturally went with a scary story. I don't know how long it was, maybe a couple of handwritten pages, but it was, you know, it was something cheesy like a. Uh, you, the family went and bought a pumpkin at the pumpkin patch locally and they brought it home and when they cut it open, there were bones inside and turns out that the pumpkin patch was on top of an old cemetery. And, you know, that was that was the wow. spookiness of it. Yeah. So, you know, so on one side, I, I think maybe that probably influenced me because that was that was my first story that I told. But at the same time, you know, maybe it was just hardwired into me like a lot of people because I think we're all very, very interested in the unanswered questions and, you know, things that get us scratching our heads and wondering. So um, maybe it was a combination of both in the end. What, you know, that is pe peculiar about, about humanity is the fact that like we have a fight or flight syndrome. You know what I'm saying? Like we're either going to fight whatever we fear or we're going to run away. And then yet we have a fascination with fear. Why do you think it is that humans are so attracted to kind of, as you put it, like or, or we would say, like kind of the darker side of life, whether it's like unsolved mysteries or or serial, you know, or, um, you know, making a murder? Why do you think we're so fascinated by the things that keep us up at night? Oh, boy. I mean, not the wax too philosophical, but, you know, because we just started. But <laughs> Right. Um, <laughs> Sorry. You know, I mean, I, I get the impression that for a lot of people, it's it's a lot easier to watch the misfortune or or the train wreck of other people's decisions and lives than it is to face sometimes you know the mess of our own lives and you know there's something about scary stories that that's a little bit more visceral they stick with you they're um, they there's a physiological response you know with adrenaline and the heart thumping and things like that and maybe there's a little bit of a an addictive nature to it or. I don't know. I, I, you know, like my last answer, I think it's multifaceted, but, um, I think we, I think we enjoy watching from a distance, um, and thinking that we're better than that. And usually we're better than that. You know, most of us aren't serial killers, but, um, <laughs> but sometimes it's just a way to distract ourselves from the, the mess that's going on in our own lives. So I can see that. I can see that. Um, as the creator of, of lore, you know, you've been podcasting only in 10 months, but man, in 10 months, you've reached 10 million downloads and recognized that by iTunes is best of 2015. And absolutely a congratulations is, is in order. But where did you, like, you know, besides um, as a child you were writing, uh, you know, you said you wrote that short story. Where does the inspiration come from now, you know, as you start writing professionally? Yeah. So, oh, oh, so first let me back up 12 months. Oh, um, there you it go. It was actually, yeah, it, uh, hit the, I mean, this was the anniversary episode that I released today. Number 30, awesome. um, this, this weekend was the one year mark and oh my gosh, it's just flown by. I mean, it's been quite a ride. I bet. Um, I can't even imagine. And, uh, yeah. A little over 12 million at the 12 month mark, which wow. is fantastic. If I look at the numbers, I'll probably hit the 30 million mark by the end of this next year. Man, um, congratulations. It's, just, it's flying along. Um, and I don't know. I just kind of accidentally made something that a whole lot of people um, enjoy. The you know, yes, what inspiration and stuff. And we talked about it a little bit. And you know, I after my scary story, I grew up. Um, you know, I, I think I was 
pretty young, maybe late grade school when I bumped into Unsolved Mysteries mm. and uh, Robert Stack telling sometimes just, you know, true crime mysteries that weren't very spooky, but sometimes they dipped into things that were a little bit more out there. And I really enjoyed that. And then I was early in college and the X-Files came out and was popular and uh, I loved the X-Files. It was a, a loyal follower for a very long time. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's where a lot of the, I don't know, like the fuel in my, in my imagination came from for that. Um, yeah. So what did you do prior to lore? I mean, were you, were you, were you, was that when you were kind of writing the books that you've written? Um, so before lore for about nine years, I've been a freelance graphic designer running my own business and working from home. But yeah, writing definitely has been a part of that for a long time. Um, I would say that, um, maybe about a decade, although there was some time in there where I just kind of gave up on it too. Um, I tried my handwriting fantasy, um, maybe a decade ago and put out a book, um, in that genre. And I think I wrote fantasy because I felt like I needed to, it was, it was the first, the first love, uh, for reading that I bumped into mm. in sixth grade, my reading teacher told my mom to buy me you know, all of the, the Tolkien books and the Hobbit, Lord of the Rings and all that. And, and I just devoured those up. So in, I guess in some ways I felt like I needed to write fantasy. Um, but it, I don't know, there was just, I felt like it was more enjoyable to read it than to write it. So, um, maybe a couple of years ago, uh, two and a half or, or so I moved into things that are more supernatural, um, in nature, like a Stephen King novel, you know, where you've got real normal people uh, who bump into something that's outside the realm of experience. And, yeah you know, dealing with the consequences of that interaction, the what ifs. So, so speaking of the, the supernatural, like, have you, have you had personally any experience with whether, you know, whether you may have thought it was a ghost or, you know, anything like that? Not me personally. No, no. And I, I, I try to ride that fence with the, with the podcast of, you know, entertaining both the skeptics and the believers right. because, you know, these are unanswered questions and, and you never know. So I think it's fair to, Kind of straddle the line as best I can, but I, I haven't had anything happen in my life that um, that I can point to and say, you know, that was a that was a key moment, you know, a cornerstone of, of belief or something. Do you uh, do you happen to listen to Coast to Coast at all? Um, I heard of it, haven't listened oh, to it. You no, really no. need to. You oh just, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm just saying, like, because I mean, the whole you know few hours uh, is just dedicated to people, ra the most random people calling in and basically like citing their spiritual stories of alien encounters in <laughs> wherever they are location. It's it is very entertaining, but he does a great as well as as you. He just does a great job of you know kind of straddling the line of like, well, maybe I believe, maybe I don't. You know, I don't right. know, but he's he's great. Um, so you know, with, with you have written you know, books, you know, such as Indian Summer and Consumed and uh, most recently The Grave Suspicion, and then obviously the podcast. Do you find that you like one more than the other? You know, is there is there a difference? I mean, do you are you excited when you do a podcast and you're kind of low the book or vice versa? Um, I don't, you know, they're very different things. They, they, they have some overlap. You know, if there's a Venn diagram, they, they, they overlap. Although that overlap depends a lot on the podcast. I guess, um, you know, cause some, some are super oriented on, uh, interviews like this, you know, it's a, it's a conversation between two people. So there's not much like pure writing to do, but for a show like lore, there's, there's a really good overlap of the skills and habits that I use to write novels. You know, I write daily as I always have, um, even if it's just a few hundred words, uh, you know, it's part of what I did, um, writing mm. the books, but, um, this is almost like having a biweekly book contract that I have to deliver on you know, every two weeks. <laughs> yeah. I've got to crank out, you yeah. know, 3,500 words or so and turn it into audio and put it out there. Um, 
there, I think there's the, there's the financial side of things, you know, unless a podcast really explodes, there's not much money to be made from it. Um, right. so, you know, if, if it's a hobby, uh, it could eat up a lot of your time with very little financial return, if any, um, thankfully it's a cheap hobby. So it, right, you know, it doesn't actually cost a lot too. um, writing, I guess in theory could earn you something. Um, you know, when I was doing it, I was earning coffee money, you know, to pay for right. my writing sessions at Starbucks. But, um, you know, there's, there's similarities and then there's, there's differences. And I, I, I don't know. I, I think I like them both. That's, yeah, that's incredible. And you mentioned a little, just, just a second ago, Stephen King, and then obviously X-Files. But are there any particular um, authors besides Stephen King that influenced you in your writings currently? Yeah. You know, Neil Gaiman is just a phenomenal wordsmith. Um, anything that he's written, I, you know, I pick up a small book of his called the graveyard book. It's just it's fantastic. And what I love is that you, you look at people like Stephen King and Neil Gaiman, and these are guys that sit on opposite ends of the spectrum too. Gaiman can say something in a hundred words that's beautiful and crystal clear. And Stephen King will say the same thing in a thousand words. Um, mm. And both of them will do it masterfully. You know, deep characters, lots of mystery, but um, they're very different with how they use uh, language. And it's it's neat to see that. Um, but, you know, that I, sadly, I don't get to read a ton. And... Uh, uh, that that's a, you know the side effect of having to write quite a lot all the time, but I bet. Um, but you know when I do, if if they if these guys have a new book out, and with Stephen King, you you know you're guaranteed two or three books a year, which is pretty great. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So and then when I'm not when it's not their stuff, I'm I, I like things that are kind of in the you know the the action adventure or sci-fi realm. So you know I I read a book called uh, Seven Wonders, um, Metzger Metz, Metzler. Um, I can't remember his last name. Um, it was kind of like an Indiana Jones type book uh, a few months ago. That was really good too, but I wish I got to read more often. That wasn't research oriented. That's great. In the same way, is there any podcasts you listen to that you were like, I really want to mimic this. I really want to, you know, is there anything that inspired you? You know, when I, um, when I started off, I actually wasn't listening to many podcasts at all. The, the one that I've listened to the longest is um, it's called Still Untitled from uh, Tested.com. Um, Adam Savage from the MythBusters. Yes, absolutely. Um, he, he's part of that podcast, and and I, I, it's just really connected with me on the level of, you know, I, I like to make things. Um, I like to, you know, take risks to try something new, and um, you know that they, they have this love of um, books and movies, and it's always a random conversation, and and uh, they they're not afraid to fail to try things, and I don't know, there's just something about those conversations. So that's kind of a talking head podcast that uh, I've managed to stick around with. Um, but uh, you know, I've been a tech podcast fan for a long time, and kind of burned out on it. You know, just the I don't know the the materialism and temporary nature of the shows. You know, a, a, an episode that two weeks later isn't worth listening to anymore yeah, because it's old it's news. Absolute. Um, yeah, and and I mean, I, I guess I couldn't figure out how spending two hours of my day listening to a couple of white guys talk about a mobile phone operating system was <laughs> was somehow going to make me a better person. And you know, I might have offended a bunch of people I, to each their own. But for me, I I, I kind of checked out of that. So, uh, but I I do know that I listen to a ton of audiobooks. Um, I mean, audio is just, it's perfect for storytelling. And uh, so um, I've added some shows to the mix since I started Lore. Uh, I discovered 99% Invisible. Uh, Roman Mars is an amazing um, storyteller. Um, the podcast Criminal with uh, Phoebe Judge mm. um, is just another amazing one. Um, 
And every now and then I'll, I'll try others out, but um, I, I don't have a lot of time, sadly, to listen to many shows. So for me, it's always the ones that are small that I can fit into a, a little drive from here to the restaurant and back or something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Planet Money is really good for that. It's an, oh, is it? Yeah, it's, it's really quick. It's like 15 minutes and it sounds very much like, you know, I mean, the title insinuates that it's about like, you know, the Dow Jones was up 15%, but it's really not. <laughs> it's more like, right. how does Greece economic crisis, you know, uh, you know, make my gas price lower. And in the way that they kind of like tie it all together, it's just, it's very mm. intriguing for someone who's not in economics, but yeah, um, pretty short. So how did you stumble on storytelling? Obviously you're a writer, but my question is more, you know, I listened to your podcast and just the, the, the vernacular, the way that you discuss, the way you express, because you know, a lot of authors out there, they can't just get on, you know, in behind a mic and so, you know, they, they just couldn't, it wouldn't translate. How did you know that you were, did you just, did you just try and then suddenly it just happened? Like, how did you find that you were a storyteller? <laughs> well, I mean, Laura was an accident, you know, it was, um, and, and I, I don't have any other way of putting it than that. I mean, I was, so, you know, I, I designing by day, you know, writing these supernatural thrillers when I had the spare time. Um, I always set them in New England because that's where I live. I love the the area, the folklore, the the history. Um, and because I was researching um, all of these cool forgotten bits of lore, I was stumbling onto all sorts of amazing true stories. And, you know, I'd file them away. And, um, you know, things that people believed centuries ago or things that, that happened, but we've forgotten mostly about them. Um, and I loved working elements of those things into my books. I felt I felt like it added a little bit of, you know, it's it's like using, you know, vintage parts in in building a, a prop replica. You know, like you talk to people who who love Han Solo and Star Wars and they want to build that gun that that Han Solo uses. You know, the, the real purists will go looking for the I think it's a World War Two pistol called a Mauser, you know, and like yeah. they want to work in the actual pieces into it. And I, there's something really, really satisfying about taking a real true creepy story and working it in as part of the plot. Um but what happened was I was finding a lot more of those than I could use. And, uh, you know, I save everything in Evernote. I, I, I pack it away. I tag it so I can find it later. Um, and at the very same time, I was trying to figure out how to grow my writing career. You know, it just, I wasn't selling a lot of books. And uh, and I, I was trying to find a way to justify the time I was spending on writing, basically. You know, I'm taking time out of my day. I could be putting this into my family or into, you know, right. business and whatever. So I decided for whatever reason, I needed to grow my email list so that I had more potential readers to buy future books. To me, it, it kind of made sense. Looking back, I don't, know, I don't know if it made sense at all. Um, back then, my list was like 60 people. And I thought, well, if I could just, you know, grow it, I'll sell more <laughs> books and maybe I can, maybe I can support myself writing. So I, I wrote this thing. I started writing this thing called my five favorite New England myths. And what, what I ended up experiencing for the first time was this, this, I don't know, it was like this, this moment where I was telling a story, but I didn't have to think up the characters or the places or the events. I didn't have to imagine it all because it was, it was a historical event, you know, something like, you know, the bloody tunnel in, in episode uh, two, I think, you know, that what happens in this tunnel as they're building this, this railway tunnel um, was real. I didn't have to make any of it up. So I got to, I don't know, it was just a lot more freeing to just write and tell the story in a way that entertained, but also got the facts across. And uh, so I wrote maybe four of these five that I was going to do. And it just, it got huge. It was just so big. Um, and I thought I would give people the PDF as a, you know, an incentive to sign up on the list. But I don't know. I don't have a lot of time to read print, whether it's digital or on paper. 
these days. So when it hit like 15,000 words or so, I kind of freaked out. <laughs> I thought, you know, yeah. no one's going to have time to read this thing. Um, but I had spent all this time like developing a voice to tell historical stories, mm. not, not a, not a fiction novel kind of story. And, and it felt good and almost felt better than writing the novels. So I almost trashed it all. I almost just deleted it and gave up on writing completely. And, and then I had this moment of inspiration. I, I figured, why don't I, why don't I try recording the audio for this and give it away? You know, may, you know, maybe wow. I can give them a, yeah. a zip file of MP3, you know, versions of this stuff instead of the PDF. And so I recorded the first one. I've got a buddy named Seth. Um, I sent it to, I trust him for honest feedback and I sent it to him and he said, you know, Aaron, it's good. I think it's a podcast. I don't think you should give this away. I think you should make more of these and just do it regularly. Wow. And I was like, um, did you buy, right. did you buy Seth a Rolex after this? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, you know, you know what I got him was, um, him and I are both nine inch nails fans. And nice. Trent, Trent Reznor put out this, this thing called the cargo in the blood, which is like this metal 300 page full color art book nice. um, from his last album. Um, limited edition. They didn't make a ton of them, and I ordered one for him. And there you go. Had it shipped to him for Christmas. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Sounds um, awesome. So yeah, he's he's been well thanked for that, and I'll probably continue to thank him. But, <laughs> you know, basically, if you follow all that, it lore's an accident. I, I didn't set out to create it, but but it's a good accident. That's like finding a dollar and then uh, trading it in for a lottery ticket. You know, it's like <laughs> hey, you know what I'm doing with this dollar. You know, I never buy the lottery ticket, but here you go. So yeah, that's, yeah. But what would you tell the listeners that want to go into podcasting? You know, is there something that you could say, hey, man, I wish if I could go back in time, here's something that I would have told myself, you know, to, you know, in the, in the inception. Yeah. Well, the first thing I always tell people is don't put the cart before the horse. You know, don't do a podcast because you heard it's the cool thing to do and, and you want to do one as well. You know, I think shows that start out with nothing more than uh, you know, a desire to record your voice and see if people are going to download it. Mm. I think they're going to fail. Um, you've got to start with a purpose. So, you know, figure out what your passion project is all about first, figure out, you know, are you going to tell a story? Are you going to interview significant people in a certain profession or a field? Um, and then once you've figured out what the, what the project is, then make the decision on what the medium it needs to be. You know, maybe it's better suited for an online blog or a YouTube video series. You know, you never know until you sit down and flesh it all out. Yeah. Um, and then, and then if it is going to be a podcast, like if that does make sense for the the thing that you're building, then just make sure you spend a lot of time on it to do it right. Because um, people are giving you the time of their day and, you know, we have three limited resources, right? We limited time, limited energy and limited money. And and people are going to sacrifice a part of their their 24 hours that day to, to listen to your thing. And that's good. So you've got to be respectful about that, you know, deliver what you promise, be consistent with your schedule. Um, and, uh, you know, I like to ask people, you know, why does your show deserve to exist? What sets it apart? How is it going to contribute to, you know, half a million podcasts that are already out there? It's, it's a, you know, I think it's an important thing to wrestle with. Um, Well, that's, that's pretty convicting. (laughs) So thank you for that. Um, in summation and closing anyway, uh, you know what? You mentioned the X-Files. Are you a fan of the new ones? I mean, are you excited or you just kind of Did you watch "Ah." along? Not yet. Not yet. I'm Um, going to. Yeah. Yeah. Good. um, yeah, really, I mean, six episodes isn't a lot of time to tell any great news stories, but you know, they did some some standalones, right. their monster of the week kind of stuff that were just phenomenal, and just seeing them together because, you know, I think people people come for the for the spooks and all that for a lot of these things, and they stay for the characters, right? They stay for the That's relationships true. and yep. the depth, and 
you know, Stephen King once said he he tries not to let plot get in the way of a good book, which sounds super counterintuitive. But wow. but if you read any of his books, you realize that he spends most of the time just building characters and helping you become attached to these people so that at the end when things happen, you're connected to what's happening to them. Um, so, you know, I, I, that's why I like a lot of these stories that I do on lore because, you know, for a lot of them, it's all about the characters. It's all about, um, what's happening to these real people and, and how did they handle it in as real people? And sometimes it wasn't pretty. So, um, so I loved, I loved the new X-Files mostly because we got to see Mulder and Scully back together, but, um, I don't, I don't get to digest a lot of media right now. So I'm listening to the last couple of stories in, um, King's new collection of short stories called Bizarre Bad Dreams. Um, there's some really cool stuff in there. Uh, I'm trying to finish up Jessica Jones on Netflix. Uh, so before I move on to uh, Daredevil season two. Um, so those Perfect. are such well done shows. And, and you mentioned earlier that you just are coming out with a new episode of Lord. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Just, Is yeah. Just dropped today. Can you give us a brief kind of like introduction to it? So people go well, you download know, it's, it. Today's a, a, an interesting episode. Cause if you, if you jump in and you listen, like I don't Some people are purists. They jump into a new show and they start at episode one. Some people start, and work their way back chronologically. You know, they'll start with the newest. So people who've heard the show have heard the first episode. And the first episode I did, it was called, and they made a tonic, um, is about um, late 1800s, uh, Rhode Island, and what happened in, with a community where people were dying uh, of illness repeatedly, like more and more people were dying and, and they, they wanted to stop it. And superstition was what drove them to do certain things that they did. Um, but it's at the root of some of the lore we have around vampires. And, um, I, I wrote that first episode when I was writing those five myths. It was, it was part of that white paper I was eventually going to give away to people. Um, so I, I, I think I've grown a lot in how I research episodes and also in how I write them and how I structure them. So, um, today wasn't like a, it wasn't like a special edition of that. It was a whole new episode, but it dipped into the same uh, territory of of stuff, you know. What are the what are the deep, real historic roots of vampires, um, you know? And and I bumped into really cool things like when you like imagine Count Dracula in your head right now, and you probably picture this guy who's like in a tux with a cape on, and the cape's got these high pointed collar, I, yeah. right? And he's got the white makeup yep. and and the red lips. Well, yeah. that image of Dracula isn't even from Bram Stoker's novel. That's that's from like a 1924 theatrical production that happened, you know, a few years after his book was published, um, oh, where wow. in the in the theater, you need to wear the makeup, you know, to show that contrast, white face, red lips. It helps people see your face better. Um, they wanted they wanted Dracula in this production to be able to vanish through a trap door in the floor. So what they what they designed was this cape that he could turn around and the cape was suspended by wires on high points on the collar and then. You know, he would turn around with his back to the crowd and then step out of the cape and down a trap door and then it would close and then the cape would drop down, you know, and it was like, oh, wow, he just disappeared wow. right in front of us. And that's where that idea of, you know, the nice tuxedo and the pointed collar cape come from. It's not from wow, anything else. Yeah. Great. So little things like that, like dissecting what's real lore and what's not real lore when it comes to to vampires. That was really fun this episode. So I hope I hope you can check it out and listen to it. Well, I know I will, man. I have such a fascination uh, for vampires. I think it's, I don't know if it's the immortality or just, you know, kind of, yeah. I don't know what it is, but I'm at the, even the last episode about the two boys on the finding the skulls. And that was just fascinating as well. So can you tell us where to go check out lore? How do we could follow, you know, follow you? I know that you're working on, uh, you know, I saw a, a pie chart on your 
on your website that it said that you're working on a secret project. So if we want to keep up to date with your with Lore and secret projects, number one and, and yeah, number yeah. two, uh, where can we um, do that? Well, so you know, Lore lives online over at lorepodcast.com. Um, I am over at aaronmanke.com. You know, a m a a a r o n and m a h n k e. Um, if you go to lorepodcast.com, you find links to all that stuff. Twitter uh, is at lorepodcast and at a m a h n k e. Um, and uh, I I love interacting with people who listen to the show. I've known online celebrities or whatnot or people that you know are known for what they do who just don't talk to people. And I, I don't know. I like I like hearing people say, "Hey, your episode sucks," or "Hey, that was fantastic," <laughs> and being able to dialogue <laughs> with great. them. And and you know, because right. that's one of the things that's been really rewarding about Laura is that this whole community's grown up around it. And there's just a lot of people who do. Um, they do a lot of cool things. I mean, I'm hearing from people that, that um, they do like lore dates with their spouse. Um, you know, a new episode comes out, they'll go out to dinner and then they'll go park somewhere and listen to the episode in the dark. Cause it's creepy. And you know, yeah, that's people awesome. that literally sit around the campfire and listen to episodes, um, which is so meta, but it like, that's, that's what they do. Um, <laughs> you know, listening parties where people listen as a group in, in a house somewhere. It's, it's really, really interesting to see the communities grow up. So say hi on Twitter. Cause I that's love, cool. I love doing that. Well, Aaron, we really appreciate it. I know the Art Collective is going to love this episode, and and I hope that more people check out your podcast because it's absolutely incredible storytelling. Oh, and uh, so, but thank you so much for yeah, your time. Absolutely. I really, really thanks appreciate it. Thanks for having it. me on. I really appreciate it. Good to meet you. Good to meet you too, Aaron. Talk Bye. to you soon. And here we are at the question answer session uh, part of the podcast, which I really enjoy. I really do. I love hearing from you guys. So please do not fail to give me a call. I'd appreciate it. It's just a lot of fun. So without further ado, let's just jump right into it. Hey, Stephen, what's up? This is Manny Rivera um, over here in Georgia. That's uh, <laughs> um, calling to say what's up. How was your trip with Israel? And yeah. um, what did you learn there? And so then much. my um, bands, one of my favorite bands besides you guys, Amberlynn and Anchor and Braille, would be uh, Paramore. It'd be really cool if you did an in- interview with those guys. Absolutely. Um, with Haley Williams. So, um and question, like a good question. So something I was thinking about, how how's your feelings towards Jehovah Witnesses? And, mm. and I guess all t- types of different doctrines of Christianity. Like, um, so, like, you know, from Pentecostals to, you know, Catholics to, you know, um, the everyday people who say, like, you know, they're Christians and everything like that. So let's just kind of see your feelings on those things. And um, what else? So, yeah. All so, right. So anyway, um, <laughs> tell me what you guys think about those things, and you got it. Let me know what's your opinion on it. And another uh, thing is, it's, I'm going on two years of of marriage, and that's what's your opinion and your ideas. Like, I really want to get this next guitar. Right, right now, our income tax was okay, but um, <laughs> you know, I want to be able to support my wife and her love for animals, but also I want to follow my dreams of. Music. So, how do I pursue in getting, you know, a decent guitar and you know, pursuing wow. music without, uh, you know, the daily bills we got to pay for and you know, anything like that just to take care of ourselves. So, yeah. Um, that's one of my questions. That's, uh, you know, married husband, a married man, pretty much. So, let me know what you think, and um, I appreciate your opinions and everything. Yeah. All right, take care, Stephen. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for the questions, and there were several. So starting out, man, Israel was great. I loved it. It was ex- it was really cool. I think, you know, I, like I was trying to explain 
to my parents, you know, it's like having a coloring book. You can read the story, you can tell what the picture is, but somehow going to Israel was incredible because I had a chance to like, you know, put put crayons to the paper and everything just kind of became, you know, illuminated for me. So I really enjoyed it. It was so much fun. And I recommend anybody who can afford it to go. Yeah, I understand that it's a costly venture to, to, um, to go to, but honestly, like, with with a country like that, you know, you've got to be mobile. You've got to be like, you know, ready to jump up. I mean, like we were we were going up, you know, we were we were seeing stuff from seven in the morning till seven at night. So I say save up and go while you're still young. And on that, I'll just segue right into your last question, which was, how do I get a guitar? And I really want you to read a a, a book called Poor Dad, A Rich Dad Poor Dad. And I think in there has a lot of great ideas. And basically, like the tenet of the book is work hard. You know, you've got a wife now, man. She comes first before anything else. But I believe that if you found, uh, you know, the, you know, a good wife, she will believe in you as well with your dreams. So if that means she, you know, is like, hey, honey, let's let's work on this together, then maybe you know she she'll let you get a second job where you you can go and work stock groceries at night and save up until you have enough money to buy the guitar. But Regardless, I think, uh, you know, working hard is, is a key, but definitely check out the book, Wretched Dad, Poor Dad. And as far as like how we should view or not just view, but how we should treat other religions, I think it boils down to love. I mean, I know that sounds generic and cliche, but it's not. I think it separates our the Christian faith from a lot of religions and a lot of people and a lot of belief systems is just basically love. So love your neighbor as yourself. Um, show them the love of Christ through your actions and uh, I think everything else will fall into place. Hey, Stephen. Uh, my name is Austin. I'm from St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, dude, I know that yeah. you uh, kind of grew up grew up around here. I did. Um, like the Tampa Bay, Orlando, Winter Haven area. Um, dude, I love St. Pete. I've seen you guys here uh, twice, and uh, I know uh, Stephen. Or not, you're Stephen Christian. Uh, lives around there but my question is i also heard you went to ucf i did we'll be going to ucf here soon awesome. i was wondering go nights if you knew any uh if you had any advice or you knew of any cool spots around orlando uh to hang out because i'll be new to that sort of area all right man i uh, hope you're doing good love the podcast uh thanks hope i get to hear back from you all right man bye oh man well honestly you know I, there's a lot of like restaurants and cool stuff to do and you know Church Street was really fun and stuff like that. But honestly, the most fun that I had was getting involved with like clubs and intramural sports there on campus. I would just go to the stupidest stuff because I could. You know, there was like an astronomy club, and I'd never like looked through a telescope before. So I was like, well, I'm just going to go join that so I can, I don't know, hang out with people who do. And so I did that for a little while. Um, I went to the FCA there. I went to, you know, I would just kind of venture from club to club, but my favorite, my favorite, what the heck? My favorite was, um, yeah, my junior and senior year, I was on the UCF rugby team and it was incredible. I wasn't that good, but I scored a try and I was on the, I was a starter on the B squad. So, and I played with my brother, Paul, and uh, that was so much fun. And then intramural, man, I played hockey and soccer, and football, and flag football, and field hockey. I just could not get enough of intramural sports. They were so much fun, and you got to meet so many cool people. 
Hi, Stephen. Uh, my name is Joey. I'm from, I'm from Colorado. What's up, Joey? Um, I've been a huge fan of Anne Berlin, and I love Anchor and Braille as well, and I'm also a huge Thanks. fan of the podcast. Awesome. Um, anyways, my question is, um, I know you said in interviews that I've read about the quiet life um, and how there isn't any overarching theme, at least lyric, but at least musically, but lyrically, I can kind of assume that um, the theme that you kind of used lyrically for the quiet life is is kind of of thwarted ambition and like taking relationships a little more seriously to the point where if they don't support you, then you don't know why they're even in your life. Um, my question is, um, in kind of basing it on my own credibility, just to say a little bit about me, is that um, I'm kind of at a crossroads in my life where I'm in a band right now and we're starting to gain success. And it's always been a thought in the back of my mind of, you know, I do want to settle down, even though, like, you know, I don't have a girlfriend right now. But um, my question, like, a after saying all that is, um, you know, I know I'm not going to be in a band forever, like, you've said in multiple interviews and um what i i guess what i'm trying to ask is um would you rather as a musician yourself who's seen a lot of a lot of success um how do you how do you want one thing without wanting the other is my question so keep up the podcast i love it um uh yeah Thanks. Bye. Well, let me start with this. Like the fact of the matter is you will always have time for a quiet life. You just will. I mean, it's just the natural progression of life, you know, because eventually you'll meet a girl and you guys will fall in love and you'll have a family and um, stability will mean more than instability. You know, you're going to worry more about mortgage payments than how many Instagram followers you have. You know, it's just the natural progression of life. So in my humble opinion, I would say... <clears throat> Go and, and work as hard as you can to, to make that band successful. Because if you don't, if you stop today and you got a job at a coffee shop or and then you got on some kind of dating site and looked for a girl and got married and had the natural progression of life, there will always be that what if. What if I could have been in a band? What would have happened? And see, it doesn't work the other way around. You know, go and explore. And if the band doesn't work out, you know the answer. And if the band does work out, you know the answer. But see, if you go and start the normal life, the quiet life or whatever, um, you know, I just, I would hate to, have to, 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 to give you any other advice than pursue passionately the things that you are most interested in right now. You know, if that's the band and you guys are picking up success, dude, pour into it, dump into it while you're still single and young and handsome. I don't, you know, I, I assume you're handsome. But anyway... So go for it. Go for it with all your heart. And, uh, you know, I just don't think I would want to live with what-if questions for the rest of my life. Hey, Stephen. My name's Aaron. What's up, I live in Los Angeles. Awesome. I'm a scientist. <laughs> I, um, That's awesome. I went to the final tour show in L.A. and the one in, uh, in Orlando, like the final show. Wow, thanks. Um, I just wanted you to know that when I was finishing my Ph.D., this was in 2013, Anne Berlin discography uh, is something I would listen to a lot. Got me through uh, through the long nights. That's it. Keep doing what you're doing. 
Oh man, no question. Well, thank you. Thanks for listening to uh, to the music. Thanks for listening to this podcast. And we'll thank all of you for listening to this podcast. This has been another exciting episode of The Art Collective. I hope you had fun, because I do. I really love doing this. So if you have any comments, suggestions, hit me up online. Um, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook. It's pretty easy. And then Aaron Mankey, thanks so much for being on here. Good luck with lore, because um, I mean, obviously don't need good luck, because uh, it's crushing right now. So go check out a podcast of his next week. Um, I'll see you right back here, but, uh, God bless. And, uh, this is the art collective with Stephen Christian. This is the Jabberjaw podcast network.